Hello, and thanks for joining us. This is Christina Cardoza, news editor of SC Times. We have with us Dave Rubenstein, editor-in-chief of SC Times, and joining us today is Robert Reeves, CTO and co-founder of Datacall, and you're listening to What the Dev. But since we're at the DevOps Enterprise Summit in Las Vegas, this is What the Dev Ops. So I told Dave that we were going to be meeting with the, the Al Neary of da- databases, but it looks like you changed your... Um, Twitter name in the last couple of hours to sweater a better, and he is wearing a sweater. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Well, I got a I got coach from my co-founder Pete. Um, I had I originally had Luca Brasi uh, of yeah. DevOps, and he was like, "No, Al was Al was he, he was bigger, badder dude. Do mm. that." And I was like, "Okay." So uh, I, 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 that's what DevOps teaches us. You know, listen, take feedback, incorporate it, get better. Exactly. That's what we're doing. Great. Well, thank you again. Um, so we're still on the first day of the DevOps Enterprise Summit, but what are you seeing, you know, around the, the show? What are you hearing? Is there any themes coming out to you? Um, well, um, you know, I got to tell you, the way they kicked it off, uh, you know, certainly... Um, you know, Gene talking about the conference and, and how it's grown, very exciting. Um, but then uh, they had the team from Optum get up during the keynote, and they said that accessing data is the number one challenge uh, for developers, the number one developer challenge. And what I've seen this year is that a, a recognition of this is a problem. You know, uh, we're not developing applications in, in a vacuum. There, there needs to be a database. And, um, but companies talking about how they fix that stuff, that's really cool. Um, and so seeing it over and over again. There's also um, less about the culture and more about, all right, you're sold, let's solve the problem. So there's a lot more uh, practical applications of technology, which I really like seeing. Great. And so since you are, um, you know, a database company, how can you give more access to developers, like data? How can developers access the data better, I should say? Well, there's, um, there, there's two aspects here. All right. So one is access to the data, and then there's the ability to make changes to that database uh, so that the application runs. And so we've had two blockers uh, in large organizations. So the first is, no, you can't have any of this data. No, no, no. Um, and it's locked up tight. And, uh, you know, that might be great from an auditing and compliance perspective, um, you know, but it doesn't help development. And that's what really matters, all right? How do we improve that developer experience? How do we get them access to the tools they need? I mean, it, it, I, I believe there was an uh, admiral in the Navy who she said that... Um, you know, ships are safer in a port, but that's not what ships are made for. And so, yes, it is safer to restrict developers from having access to that data, but it doesn't help them. And so the question isn't, all right, how do I restrict people from using this data to improve and develop uh, or deliver those applications, but how do I find a way to get the data to them? How do I obfuscate it? How do I mask the data? Um, how do I get it in a way that's fast and self-service? Um, that's one part of the problem, all right? Um, and and I, I don't like it when people say, no, you can't do it. 
I want them to say, yes, this is how you do it. So don't stop a developer from doing it. Figure out a way, work with them, partner with them, do the DevOps thing. Um, and, and of course, once you get the data, you have to make changes to the structure. And there was, uh, everybody locked that down. You had to go, you know, speak to somebody. Uh, yeah, so you, <laughs> it took uh, forever. Yeah, act of Congress. <laughs> you know, it's it's a yeah, constitutional amendment. Right. Uh, and so uh, we got to make that easier. So we've got to do both. We've got to do both. Now, okay. what about the complexity of the new software architectures where if you're using microservices and containers and you're just taking little pieces of the data that you need for that little piece of the application, now that needs to be updated. How do you sync that back to the main and... Make sure that everybody has the, the current version as it was as it's being yeah. sliced and diced. Well, that's, that's a big problem. We're seeing the number of databases increase as we've adopted cloud. All right, so now development can have their own instances of a database. Mm -hmm. So N has, is, is, a, <laughs> is approaching infinity now. Right. Okay, well now you multiply that by these new architectures, by cloud-native architectures, which say, okay, instead of having one monolithic database, we need to have one for each um, part of the domain model. So you've got, uh, I've got my customer service, um, I have my product service, I have my transactions, or wh whatever. If you look at a rideshare company, you'd have one for riders, one for drivers, you would connect the two. Uh, that's a ride. That's its own service. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at a um, service architecture from uh, a rideshare company, it's thousands upon thousands. Um, you cannot sustain that top down. You need to democratize access to data and the ability to change it. So it's not that, um, you know, Companies are changing this approach. They're no longer putting it behind the, the database, behind lock and key, uh, serviced only by DBAs. But it's not that they're opening that up for DevOps. That was originally why they were doing it. Now they have to do it because of these new architectures. There's no other way. You cannot have a separate data services organization manage thousands of databases when they right. used to do 20, 100. Right. They have to do it. Now, how um, you know can you do this successfully though in a DevOps environment where you have a bunch of different moving pieces and things are going a lot faster? Oh, easily you just become a customer of of, of Delphix and Datical, you know, after coming to a webinar, you know, um, one that might be hosted on SD Times. Yeah, you know, it's just super <laughs> easy, super easy. Look, there is a lot of ways to solve this, and uh, the first. Uh, you know, going back to DevOps uh, Enterprise Summit, you know, starting a few years ago, um, uh, we got to change the culture. We got to stop saying no and figure out how do we say yes. All right. Um, that is key. We need to give people the opportunity to be the masters of their own destiny. Developers are now having more responsibility to not only build it, but also run it. Let's give it all to them. It, it doesn't work if um, you only give part of the application to them. They need to have the entire stack. Um, so I would argue that the first step is realization that you are going to have to do this because your competitors are already doing it. And if you don't, you're going to go away. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's it. Uh, we, you know, Mark Andreessen said, software will eat the world. Was that 15 years ago? He wrote that in the Wall Street Journal. 
uh, companies, you know, uh, software is a competitive advantage, and ergo, uh, the companies that write the best software are going to have the best outcomes. Right. You need to put, um, you know, the ability, uh, you need to put these tools in the hands of developers and give them the ability to make these changes. You, you can't hide it. We can't go to a separate group. And so DBAs are going to have to become part of that product team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're no longer going to be, oh, I'm a DBA, I take care of the database. No, mm-hmm. you're going to also be focused on, you know, how to write an efficient query. You're going to have to educate. You're going to have to spread your knowledge around. I was talking to somebody recently. He was using the term, I think, liquid software to kind of mm-hmm. describe all the moving pieces. Talking and to my friends at JFrog. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's yeah. JFrog. <laughs> exactly. So, but, that, but that's what they're talking about, how mm-hmm. everything is fluid, as it were, and, and, and unchanging. Well, but, absolutely. But in the data world, there still, though, has to be those safeguards. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And certainly, that's, that's why Datable's here. I mean, we, we certainly have the ability to enforce standards with our rules engine, so we can make sure that you're following your naming convention. Tables start with T underscore. T is in tango. Uh, views start in, you know, V is in Victor underscore. Um, yes, th- that's what DBAs have been looking for, but why have a person do that? Let, let's take all of that knowledge an experience that is trapped between that DBA's ears, and let's apply it to improving the application, not enforcing a standard. Let, let the software do that. You know, we did that with uh, automated testing. We're certainly doing it with infrastructure as code. There's no reason why we can't apply this to the database. Uh, the reason why we're not is fear, a little uncertainty, maybe some doubt, um, and, and it's time to realize that, yes, there is a path to this. Uh, now, I think it's with Datacle, but there's a lot of other folks out there. And once you do that, uh, you should put um, you know, those SQL scripts or that Datacle project into an artifact repository like JFrog. Right. Uh, that is a best practice. So have you seen the data world kind of slow to catch up to the speed with which organizations are going through development and now the, the deployment and things like that? Has... You mean like the database vendors? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen um, they're getting it mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and they're, get, they're going there. I mean, I've certainly seen uh, the DB2 for Z folks at IBM really focusing on DevOps, and that's good as part of their mainframe modernization right. stuff they're doing. Uh, certainly Oracle is doing that with uh, autonomous database. You know, no more indexes. Right. Let, let machine learning take care of it. I mean, of course, that doesn't solve the schema change problem, but it's good that they're getting it. Recognizing. Um, sure. Now, one thing that is, is a little perplexing for me is that the NoSQL vendors are not adopting DevOps. I mean, they're doing it internally, but they're not really having a seat at the party. Um, let me give an example. So you'll talk to folks that make a NoSQL database, and they'll say, oh, we don't have structure. We don't, no, no, we don't have that problem. I say, yeah, you do. So each one of those JSON documents has structure. And for example, let's say you made a boo-boo as a developer. You know, you did, uh, you know, uh, let's say we put address um, on the user object, and it's an attribute of the root user. Well, sometimes people have more than one address, 
They might have shipping and billing. They might have more than one shipping. So instead of a one-to-one relationship with those attributes, we need to go one-to-many. Well, you have to update all of those existing documents. Now, what I've heard uh, from the NoSQL vendors is that they'll say, oh, well, no, no, no. You know, you need to you need to make your software backwards compatible. I don't think that developers should be spending their time uh, writing that kind of code. They should be focusing on features that improve the user experience, the customer experience, and not on updating the database. I, I think companies like Datacool can do that stuff. Uh, but some of them are starting to get it. Uh, uh, we've certainly seen, uh, you know, our, our, our friends at Couchbase and Cassandra, uh, Cockroach, they understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but they're getting there. But uh, as far as vendors that are getting it, uh, certainly seeing the relational folks are really jumping in. They're, they're, uh, they're understanding that it is the basis of, of modern commerce, the relational database, um, and uh, they need to get better, and they are. Well, what happened, I know there was some discussion a couple of years back about trying to put, uh, I don't know exactly how I want to say this, put kind of more relational rules around the, the NoSQL people. Oh, you sure. Know what I mean? So that it. Oh, yeah. It was the irony of NoSQL database vendors adding SQL right. to their, <laughs> you, know, a, a, right. you know, SQL interface. Um, the market has spoken. Yeah. Um, you We're know, not that, simple, but we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it is, uh, you know, if you look at, um, you know, uh, several, um, you know, languages, you know, top languages, you know, and Redmonk has done this, um, and a uh, uh, big fan uh, of that kind of language rankings, you know, over time. Um, you know, SQL isn't in there. But if you certainly look at skills that are listed on LinkedIn, it's up there. Um, everybody knows it. It's like um, you, everybody has to know SQL. So you can be Node.js developer, you're going to know SQL. Python, okay. Java, you know SQL. Um, and it's just a function of how the world works. There is a database. There is a relational database. And with everybody knowing SQL, they might not know... Um, you know, Python to use the Python API for that NoSQL. So that's why they changed it. Also, there's a lot of BI tools, uh, business intelligence tools that use uh, SQL to get the data, and they need to, you know, have that interface. But, um, yeah, may you live in interesting times, you know? (laughs) Well, as we hinted earlier in the podcast, we do have a webinar coming up um, next week, actually Tuesday, November 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're going to be talking to Robert Reeves again about treating database code just like application code. So is there anything um, you know you want to let our listeners know about the, the webinar, what they're going to learn, and why they should attend? Well, we're going to um, really show how Datacle and Delphix fixes these problems for developers. But I think the person to really listen to on that webinar is Stephen O'Grady from Redmonk. Um, you know... Uh, I, I can tell you how big of a fan I am of those folks because they tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not beholden to any corporate interest. Um, and Stephen is going to shoot, um, you know, the listener straight. He's the, the viewer straight. He's going to tell them, you know, what is important to developers. And I think managers, directors um, should kind of pay attention to this because at the end of the day, 
if they are able to create positive developer experiences for the folks that work at their company, they're going to have higher retention. Yeah. And it is a tight labor market, and it is key. If software is key to that company's outcomes, then those developers are even more important. Mm -hmm. So having focusing on that developer experience and getting rid of these problems, the hassle and heartache of data for them, mm -hmm. That's going to keep them around. I think last year we were talking about that uh, having like versioning and things that they're very comfortable with uh, mm -hmm. uh, to to work uh, with data as well. Oh, absolutely! So, yeah, you need to, to give them an experience there. Comfortable. Yeah, it, whenever you're dealing with people, you have to find a common frame of reference. Um, and so, if somebody's really into baseball, you're going to use a lot of baseball analogies. Uh, if you're working with developers, you're going to put it in terms of source code control because they understand that. And, and it's imperative that, you know, uh, um, us at Datacle and our friends over at Delphix do the same. All right? We, we need to understand how developers uh, view the world and, and provide that kind of interface into our solution. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for joining us, Robert. That's all the time we're going to have today. This has been Dave and Christina, and you've been listening to What the Dev Ops.